Welcome back to Founding Estonia podcast. Today I'm joined by Ahmad. I hope I said it correct, but maybe there was not enough things in the name. <laughs> but I'm joined today with Ahmad and he's from Jordan. And he is an architect living and working in Estonia. He went to Estonian Academy of Arts. He's been playing basketball before, and he has um, many other things to share. So let's dive <laughs> in. <laughs> yes, do that. Let's jump in and let's uh, hear what's his story. So hello, Ahmad. Hello, Tina. I hope <laughs> I pronounced your name right. Yeah, you did. I hope but I did your name as well. <laughs> so tell me a bit about yourself. You are working as an architect in Estonia, but how did you end up here from Jordan? Yes, actually, that's a good question. Because how I ended up in Estonia, it's just funny that I moved to Estonia after six years of starting to Estonia. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the first time I uh, visited Estonia, it was, uh, you know, cruise the uh, trip from Finland. I used to live in Finland before because my brother is living in Finland. So in 2011, I took a cruise to Tallinn <laughs> for one day. <laughs> okay. And there was a thing, wow, like, you know, as a tourist, you just visit the old town. And but for me, like, wow, like uh, Disneyland. Mm -hmm. But I died okay almost from a desert. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I was actually surprised actually. Wow. What is that? What is Estonia and how? But then I just went back to Jordan. I did study architecture that time, my bachelor. But I kept it like in my mind that one day I have to go there. Then in uh, 2013, I remember I started to apply to Estonian universities after I've been like digging deep and to know what is Estonia. And actually, I can say I'm one of the people who fall in love in Estonia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I was like about to finish my application. But uh, after that, I got a really good job back in my country. So I just posted my application for <laughs> almost three, four years. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's a long time. Yeah. And yeah, actually, that was a good offer and a really good company I'd been working to. It was like ranked seventh in the world in architecture and consultation. And <laughs> so that was the reason. But in 2016, I visited Estonia again, but this time in winter. And it was <laughs> a good trip. And it was one day as well. <laughs> so I saw Estonia this like by that time in summer and in winter. So, yeah. So 2017, I decided that, yeah. This is the year and I applied for uh, many like uh, programs related to architecture and I got accepted in the Estonian Academy of Arts. And actually I moved to Estonia in my birthday, 21st of August. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> sweet. Okay. And yeah. then with the warm weather as well in the summertime. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you said, uh, you said you were working as an architect already back in Jordan. So. Did you even feel that you need to uh, gain a, another degree in the architecture field? Did you felt that you have something to still learn in the field? Actually, yeah, because I have studied architecture as like architecture, like my bachelor was so long, five years. Uh, after that, I didn't have a chance to work exactly in architecture. So most of my job was related to interior architecture. So I started working in interior architecture as an architect. But later on, I said, okay, why I'm not going to go to study interior architecture. And by that time, there was no interior architecture in Jordan, as I mean, uh, mm -hmm. uh, degree, like master's degree. And I have also another reason. I can't say that, like, yeah, I wanted just to, 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 to study, like, mm -hmm. yeah, that was the only reason. One of the reasons that I really like Estonia and I wanted to live there, like, whatever. <laughs> so... <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah. So I just like found all these reasons are pushing me to go. And then I found this uh, really nice school. And yeah, I made my decision and uh, I moved to Estonia. And I think I'm not regretting it, really. Okay. That's good to hear that you're not regretting yeah. it. <laughs> so tell me, uh, tell me about this perspective that uh, Jordan... As I looked into the map before, just to be clear, it's in the crossing of three continents. So Europe, Asia, and Africa are joined 
pretty much in Jordan or like next to it. Exactly, actually. Yeah, you can say that Jordan is in the far the, uh, west of Asia. Uh-huh. Funny, I'm always laughing when I say I'm Asian. Or, uh, <laughs> for me, it sounds funny, but yeah. <laughs> Do you say that you're Asian or you say you're African? Sometimes or... with, I, no, I, 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 like I have to identify myself as Middle Eastern. But sometimes uh-huh. like, you know, if you want to relate to a continent, and then I'm Asian. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it's really nice to, n- nice and like also a bit, a little bit tiring to live in that region. You know, uh, you, you would like really, uh, a lot of, um, let's say drama and excitement around you, always having, <laughs> especially if you live in Jordan, like Jordan is surrounded by Iraq, by Syria, Arabia, Egypt, and Palestine and Israel from the way, which is too much, uh, too much. Yeah. yeah, it seems like there's always something going on. Even our news cover it. They they don't cover Asian like news that often, but stuff happening in in these countries that you mentioned that's uh, still gets to our news as well. Yeah, but also you mentioned that it's close to Europe, and actually this is a really nice thing because now it's a bit easy for me to to go back home. Yes, yeah. like sometimes I find from Lithuania or. Not, there is no direct flights from Estonia, but I mean, it takes five hours to direct flights from Estonia. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. And uh, coming back to the architecture and the interior design field. So if you worked in this uh, um, design and creation field back in Jordan, as I can tell, I have never been in Jordan, but when I Google it or when I see like Middle Eastern, Middle Eastern buildings and everything, they seem so different than European style. So how was this experience like, um, how different is it designing interiors or buildings or products in back in Jordan and in Europe? Is there even a difference or not really? Absolutely. There's a big deal. You're right. I mean... Uh, Jordan, uh, first of all, in architecture, one of the main reasons that perfect architecture is weather. So weather in Jordan is way different than the weather in Estonia. So, uh, that means that the material that we are using in Jordan is different than the material are used in Estonia. Uh, another aspect is what is available as a material. If you maybe look in Jordan, to Jordan, then most of the Jordanian buildings are built out of stone. Mm-hmm. Like even there is some, like in some cities in the regulation that all buildings have to be cladded by stone because mm-hmm. we have like a, a big amount of stone. So it's available by, but in Estonia, you can see that some buildings are built okay from concrete, but it's cladded by wood or a lot of buildings already built by, uh, we, in Jordan, we have crack, like we have a uh, little, uh, trees in the north and we call it a big forest. So we can. <laughs> <laughs> so sweet. <laughs> So yeah, you are right. And there are many aspects also, like how to isolate the building, the cold, and also the dates, I think. The dates are a bit different. Uh, there is also, like I said, like there is material aspect, there is, I mean, resources, there is the weather aspect, but there is also social aspect. Yeah. That Jordanians are uh, in Muslim uh, culture and they are mm-hmm. more different. And that's actually affects architecture. So for example, in Jordan, we have a room called this room in every house. So. We, because we are more conservative, so that guest Which room? Sorry. You have like, like guest room, like in every house. Yeah, guest room, like that. The, the guest, guest room. Okay, okay. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So the guests have to come to like guest room, which is make more privacy for the house. Uh, so yeah, mm-hmm. you can, in, in this, uh, in that means, like you, you can see that, yeah, uh, um, social uh, differences also affect architecture. Mm-hmm. And I can't talk a lot, like there's religion affects architecture, there's many, many things. Even politics affects architecture. Jordan have received in the last 10 years about 3 million refugees. And mm-hmm. that's a architecture of Jordan too much. There was no infrastructure, there's nothing. So now Jordan is full of uh, huge camps that even host about 300,000 in one camp. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Yeah, I was just looking at the geography geography now video before our talk to get an overview about Jordan and it said that you guys are taking in like a lot of lot of refugees yeah yeah that uh, compared actually to the number of the population Jordan is the most uh, uh, the most uh, uh, host capacity in the world for it's because okay mm. we have less than Turkey and Germany maybe oh no less than Turkey but or Lebanon, but Jordan is a little population then. So, uh-huh. yeah. But would you say then that Jordan 
Jordanese Jordan people are extremely friendly and uh, open open minded to others. Then, or there's yeah. some other yeah. Actually, there's something iconic like uh, about Jordanian that they always describe by this word, which is hospitality. And hospitality in the Jordanian culture is something so big mm-hmm. because Jordanians, as the Armenian people, Jordanians in Jordan. Uh, Okay, uh, now Jordan have uh, like uh, different also uh, like origins. People that I mean, people from Jordan have different origins. Like there is Jordanian who are Jordanian, but there is Jordanian who are originally from Palestine. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about the Jordanian themselves. They are Bedouin, so they used to live in the desert. And one of the things was like that you know people comes to the Bedouin and people want water, want food. So Jordanians have developed this kind of in a high sense of hospitality. Mm-hmm. And this is really, really like a big thing in Jordan. So people can be even judged if they are hospital or hospitable or not. Yeah. Wow. So when coming to Estonia, what were your first impressions then? Or how how different was the hosp- hospitality, for example, here in Estonia? I can't say hospitality or not because the values <laughs> and the culture is different. Yeah, that's true. I can see it like. People cannot be open so easily, like, no, like, one can invite you in if you, they don't know you, like, it's not mm-hmm. that, yeah, yeah. and, uh, yeah, I, I think in, in this sense, there is a lot of differences. I sometimes I even wear short, like, yeah, like, looking how people act, yeah, and mm-hmm. that was a big difference for me, but it was at the same time really interesting to see how other people think, then. Uh-huh. <laughs> you have also said that you don't think Estonians are cold. What do you mean by that? And are they like lukewarm or? I always uh, have to warn about the story. Stories are so cold and so hot. Oh, okay. <laughs> Full of contrasts. <laughs> so what yeah, does that mean for you? Exactly like a town and the weather that uh, in Estonia. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, from my experience, like I've been four years in Estonia. And mm-hmm. Yeah, people seem in the beginning they are cold, but while you break the ice with them, people are really hot, like really, really hot, really. <laughs> really connected like to you and uh, I built really good friendship with Estonians and mm-hmm. that's cool and I don't believe when people say ah Estonians are cold but they know like it's how you approach them it's not like Jordanians in that you can't approach them directly you have to find a way <laughs> so yeah that's the thing that's why I'm saying oh it's starting really cold and really hot in the same time <laughs> and cool, but can you bring any examples? How how can one approach Estonians and how to find friends in Estonia like you did? Okay, I think just in the in the beginning, like Estonians, why it, the culture or the the behavior of Estonians is built on honesty. I think based on what I have seen, like uh, for example, I'm not saying that uh, like other nations are not honest, but for example, there is something in Jordan which is compliments. We like to compliment mm-hmm. others, whatever. Uh-huh. The confidence come really truly or not. But this is the southern uh, behavior. Even Italian have it, Spanish have it, Turkish have it. Uh, but Estonians, they cannot <laughs> like uh, compliment you. Like they mm-hmm. have to speak things directly. Mm-hmm. So that's why uh, I think it just takes longer with Estonia. Like if uh, I remember once one my TV told me something really nice. He told me like, yeah, while it takes time, but while you we get used to each other. You are one of us. And that was a lovely word. Yeah. Like that means I'm a family. So uh-huh. and then, later I found it like that. If you really like uh, break the ice, it takes a bit longer, but then you are already trusted. But honestly, there is no compliment. There is nothing fake. And that's really lovely. Yeah, that's really sweet to hear. Yeah. Well, what else have you... Um discovered in Estonia or learned about Estonia that you have been surprised about or that is different than in Jordan? Oh my god, they eat a lot of potatoes. <laughs> potatoes, oh yeah. <laughs> so what do you eat back in uh, Jordan? Yeah, we eat lots of potatoes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now we eat a lot of rice, actually. Jordanian eat a lot of rice and a lot of bread. Bread is every, every meal, I think. Mm-hmm. Because some meals we, like especially breakfast and dinner, Jordanian uh, use bread as the, like as a spoon, you know, like uh, we have this little <laughs> base, which is full of olive oil and some like herbs and hummus and falafel, and you use the bread to eat. Like mm-hmm. so there is no fork, there is no spoon. Use maybe the fork and spoon only like in, in the lunch we eat. I mean, some cooked food, 
rice and chicken and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. So now yeah, less cleaning. Okay. okay. That's yeah, good. I don't know. Yeah. So <laughs> bread after every meal and uh, yeah, it's a big difference. Also, one of the things actually in the beginning that uh, I have noticed when I came to Estonia that the abortion of food. <laughs> You know, for a guy came from the Middle East, like we are orphan, the food are so huge. <laughs> <laughs> really? And I was here like, going, I was like, well, no, so why is the portion are a bit uh, like, like smaller. And then <laughs> now, now I feel, can you imagine after four years, it's still, I think <laughs> the portion is huge. <laughs> <laughs> How much bigger is it than in Jordan? <laughs> I don't know, like, just it's big. Yeah, it's big, right? If you go to Jordan to just order some food with rice, oh my God, mm. the rice thing is going to be for people. Yeah. Oh, anyway. Okay. <laughs> but is it then, uh, is it normal in Jordan to leave uh, food on the plates then, that you don't eat everything? So you would eat uh, that, the okay. same size of food? Actually, here, or? No, it's, it, it, it's not like a nice thing. Even when I remember my mom always were saying something funny. Mm-hmm. That yeah, maybe it came from religion as well because we are religious and they have like this idea that food should not be uh, thrown out into the trap. So we would like food in the plate till so that day. And um, one thing maybe I have to mention actually, really nice about Jordanian culture, that Jordanians, uh, mostly not even Jordanians, I think Arabs have it that they push others to eat. If you are a guest in my house, and mm-hmm. uh, usually people here like you say, oh, okay, you can eat. And if you want to eat, that's it. Like it's your decision. But in Jordan, no, like you, they ask I wish the guests to eat more and more and more. Why? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like they, they think it's a kind of uh, hospitality for, mm-hmm. for the guests. So I, I have to ask the guests many times that, yeah, you have to eat. Actually, I'm still affected by that. Like now here in Estonia, I invite always the friends to my place. And always, I feel like I'm so stressed and I have to run around, yeah. give everyone food, drink. I have to be sure that everyone is uh, full and happy. <laughs> <laughs> the host. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but is it yeah. like, uh, if you would have, um, for example, back in Jordan, if your family would have guests over, is it like one person's job to make sure people eat or everybody is like, uh, uh, has Actually, to say Depends, depends. Like usually the older people who are the ones who are like trying to make this effort. Uh-huh. And like two or three of the family who are the oldest, like who are responsible, you know, like they, they, they try to do the, the, this mission. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And also another thing, which is a big difference actually than the cultures. I remember we got the guests from UK and he's uh, my, my brother friend. And he came to our house in Jordan and just my mom asked like, ah, oh, do you like to have uh, dinner? And mm-hmm. I asked, and he said, yes, which is so weird in Jordan. <laughs> and all my family were shocked because in, jo- in Jordan, you have to reject many or three times. Before really? <laughs> Why? Is there a backstory on that as well? No, I don't know. Like, just like, you have to say, no, no, I don't want. And, uh, and yeah, you uh, so it's like a process that you have mm-hmm. to say often, you have to say yes. So then if the host really want to make a dinner, they're going to force you to eat. So it's not like this, just ask a question on that time that you not that deep. <laughs> <laughs> oh I told Mom. you that people like all of them. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you have a lot of mind plays going on in mm-hmm. there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, but talking about your family, how many siblings do you have? And um, how did you grow up in Jordan? Well, that's uh, <laughs> I have to run away from this question now. Oh, why? Like, okay, actually, I have really huge family, even compared to Jordanian. So, I have from my parents five brothers and two sisters. Mm-hmm. But from my father's side, I have four sisters. So, in total, I have actually five brothers and six sisters. Five brothers and six sisters. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you do uh, Christmas presents? Because that's, that's going to be huge, huge no, pile we don't of have a, We don't have a Christmas. I mean, we celebrate Christmas, but we, uh-huh. like something for us is normal, like not like a big day. But we have another PS, yeah, for sure, like different, like in something similar to Christmas, yeah. Uh-huh. But yeah, it's really a um, big, uh, big uh, socializing that always you have to remember their birthdays and uh, yeah. go to them and uh, 
also, I have a lot of nephews and nieces in my family. I have about nine nephews and nieces. Um, yeah. It's a big, uh, big job to to <laughs> to be connected to all of them. That's true. You need your own social network or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We have some groups actually. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, that's awesome. But uh, you mentioned that there are a lot of deserts in uh, Jordan. Did you grow up in a city or somewhere in um, outside of a city in a desert? Or that's not ah, where okay. people live? <laughs> no, actually, no one is living in the desert. This um, is what uh, things I think uh, people always mistake in that. Yeah, Arab countries are full of deserts, but no one lives in a desert. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe yeah, some uh, nomads like the desert, which is. Not even minority, they are little people. You can't even count them. But uh, Jordan, no, I live. I lived in the capital of Jordan, Amman. It's a huge city, has about five million people. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like you can say Amman. It's like in the edge between the desert and not the not the desert, like which is <laughs> greenery. And it's uh, located in the mountains, so there's a lot of mountains in Amman. And this is the one of the things I really miss, like that it's not existing soil. So like in the city, you can go from mountain to another, just like sit and see a really nice view. And that's really, really nice. I, I really like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, most of Jordan are deserts. And that's why most of the cities in Jordan are in the west side of Jordan, but all the east and like from the north to the south are like almost empty because it's just a desert. Uh-huh. So all the yeah. people are piled into like one or like the... Uh, biggest cities mostly yeah 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 like we have about 10 million in jordan and there are like few cities already about most of the population like there the capital has five and the other three cities may have million and a half million and a half each so uh-huh. so yeah like most of your data is located in few cities okay but how did your family react when you told them that okay you're now really going to move to estonia uh, okay <laughs> Well, you know, I'm the, uh, I'm the youngest boy in the family. Ah, okay. So mm-hmm. uh, most of my brothers and sisters are already living. I have a brother living in Finland since years, maybe. Ah, so, yeah. so I wasn't the, I, I, I didn't come with a new thing. Like, yeah, you know. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> anyway, yeah, okay. I do like. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So for them, it was already like, oh yeah, okay. We, we figured. <laughs> Exactly, they have the, the used to, to to that. I have like uh, brothers and sisters live in Bahrain. This is a little island in the Arab world. And when sister live in Saudi Arabia, yeah, we are all over the world. So yeah. Wow. Okay. But is it common for young people to move away from Jordan, or is it just your family? Yeah, usually people who are like educated, especially in engineering and uh, medicine. IT Jordan has a lot of educated people. We have a lot of universities. The number of educated people, it's too much for the country that mm-hmm. they can't have uh, job life or like offers for all of them. So mostly uh, people in Jordan move to Arab world, like to Dubai, to Qatar, to Saudi Arabia, to work there. Mm-hmm. And the other little bars, they decide to move somewhere else because like there is no much opportunity in Jordan. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. That's uh, interesting. Yep. But you, Estonia is not the first place you've lived in Europe, right? You've lived in um, Spain as well, or is is that correct? In Mallorca? Yeah, actually, no. Estonia is the first place I lived in Europe. And oh. after that, I moved to uh, uh, just for like a little work internship in Palma de Mallorca, Spain. And then I came back to Estonia. So after I finished one year in uh, the Sonia Academy parts, I decided to go to do this little job in Palma. Uh, and it's quite nice, actually. Yeah. And it's also interesting because they live in Jordan, Estonia, and Spain. So they are really different than each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> are, are there anything, is there anything that is the same or similar, similarities as well? Or yeah, there is there is something in common for sure between Spain and uh, Estonia. A bit cultural for mm-hmm. me, really from farther culture. Oh, so, so for me, I can see a bit similarity in the culture. I I'm not saying it's culture like really like in micro scale, but in the big scale, there is there is something similar. You in the end, they are Arab Arabian cultures. 
And also there was something similar between Spanish and Jordan, like maybe a bit food, a bit uh, the way, the behavior of the people, you know, the social, <laughs> socializing. So there was a, a little bit thing similar. Yeah, I can see it, but in the bigger scale, not in the micro scale at all. Okay. Yeah. Um, talking about similarities. So, um, I'm guessing that the languages are not really similar between Estonia and Arabic, but how is your Estonian going? Uh, uh, I can't say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say or you can't say? I can't. I, can't. Yeah. I, uh, I know just little few words, I think, in Estonian. Uh, when I came to Estonia in the beginning, I was so excited. I started learning Estonian. Mm -hmm. uh, I participated in one course and I finished my A1 level. Uh, after that, I moved to Spain. So I can say that I lost my fire. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. And uh, when I came back for me, uh, yeah, I, I like really busy with school and stuff like that and work and, uh, yeah, and I, like I couldn't, I, I didn't, um, focus to, to study Estonian after that. But now while I'm living in Estonia four years and I'm working as an architect in an Estonian company where all my co-workers are Estonians mostly, mm -hmm. so I feel yeah, it's a necessity like to start again in Estonian. So I, I think I have to, yeah. Okay. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Positive. But uh, also another thing I'm wondering is that if you, when you studied in, in ECA, in Estonian Academy of Arts, was the study language English or ha did you have to translate everything or how did that go? Mm. Uh, no, actually that program that time when we joined the world, they were like this English program. Uh, mm -hmm. So like in the beginning, uh, half of the class in Estonians, half of the, our foreigners. But the class itself was based uh, in English, all the lectures. Okay. Uh, after that, when I came back from Spain to continue, there was no English actually. Oh. <laughs> so, by that time, no, it was just like to write our thesis. So they have given us uh, everyone options to do our language. So I, I have made my thesis in English, the others in Estonian, but we were all, uh, always trying to speak in English and to, uh, they were like really, uh, I mean, helpful and supportive in the school, like uh, in that sense. So they were like trying to make it happen for us. Uh -huh. You know, Estonian Academy of Arts, I can't say they have well, a lot of foreigners, like there's a little amount uh, of people like who study uh -huh. their foreigners. Uh, it's not like uh, Tallinn University or uh, Arctic, like it's different a bit. But I also, I can't say like, uh, the camp of art was really interesting about my life because I came from a university, you can't say it's similar to like more technical, more engineering, so practical. And I finished my, my bachelor for five years in architecture. I've been working like with the engineering in architecture. And suddenly I came to Eckhart, which is the really bohemian conceptual school and mm -hmm. the, <laughs> I always laugh about that time because I remember how much I suffered, but now I know that uh, suffering means learning and growth and uh, <laughs> it was so different than what I am and it changed my mentality to shit. like my master's was different than what I am. Okay. So it w yeah. was it mainly different in the way they approach things or the things they actually teach or what were the or uh, what they expected from you, were the standards different or how, how was that? Exactly all what you about to say. <laughs> the way that they approach things there is really different than what I used to. Mm -hmm. uh, they approach things like in a way that even I, I in the beginning, I didn't understand why. And then the also grading for me and how they judge things was for me different. I'm not going to say that they were happy in the beginning about it, <laughs> but then I was happy because I said like, okay, I said to myself, I said, okay, like I came to learn something new. So if I want to be in my comfort zone, then uh, they're going to be like exactly how I came, where I came from. But <laughs> that's exactly like the point that I have to a bit suffer, a bit like to see something different. And uh, that's why in the second year where I started to do my thesis, it was much easier. It was fun. It was for me more like a game, like I started to, to feel it more and the, 
I really miss to stay in the NECA, really. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually studied in NECA as well, but in another uh, department, I studied industri industrial design or product design. And uh, so I'm guessing, uh, did, was there one building at the time you studied or not? Yeah, actually, I, my first year was in the old town. Uh -huh. and, uh, and then I moved to Spain, I came back, I started working. Then my second year was in the new building. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah. When I when I started studying in ECA or in the arts academy, they always said that okay, you're gonna finish in the new building, but then it postponed <laughs> and postponed, so I never got to study there. They just opened it like a one or two years after I ah, had already finished. Yeah, so. okay. yeah I, I actually I can I can see that I have some friends that who finished before and they were like, well, it's a really nice building and they. Cool. they they really wanted to to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you can uh, do something else now there. <laughs> yeah, I should choose a new specialty and then <laughs> go back just for the building. Yeah, no. <laughs> but what were your um, uh, favorite memories from the um, from studying in Eka? For example, I remember in our group we had like access to the building pretty much twenty four seven, and we could just study or make our. Uh, mock-ups and works in the school and we had quite a we had a small group of people and we were really close-knit or we were like really good friends so I think my best memories were us working together full making full lighters and just staying up super late there but was there was the same thing happening in architecture department or not really because I don't know you were you guys were on the other side of the whole town <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know. Actually, I think it's worth saying that we had also really long nights sometimes. It was so comfy, like, oh, it was very important, like, you know, mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, that the concept of uh, learning, it's so different than uh, your, uh, for me, it was like so different. There is much, I can say that the Estonian maybe uh, educational system is really liberal, really liberal compared mm -hmm. to Jordan. Okay. That you don't feel you are like, you know, you don't feel you are okay. You feel you are in a duty. You have to do it, but there is so much freedom. You can get things out whenever you want. Uh, it's your issue. You have to take full responsibility of it. Mm -hmm. But it's there to track you, and that was so good. But yeah, at the same time, uh, it was really nice to to be in the old town and just like nights we standing and how we do things. Sometimes I feel that I'm not studying architecture or experience design. And that was confusing sometimes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's okay, like, you have, in the end, you have to, to see how others are thinking. That's, that's the way that we learn as, as a human. Like, uh -huh. we have to learn from our perspective. We have to learn from others' perspective. This is necessary. So I'm really happy that I had these stages. And, like, and uh, the, the memories, you asked about the memories in Ekka, there was this nice trips, like some lectures where for just three days, four days, we go to the nature, we do something really like strange, like some So once I remember I had a nice lecture, it was only three days and we went to the forest and uh, we just asked to build something out of anything existing in the forest. So <laughs> we were woods and stuff and that there was really interesting class. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that sounds really cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think these kind of opportunities are definitely uh, something that describe ECAS or studying there. Because I remember in our course, we had as well like summer course going to a um, music festival in uh, Muho Island. And then we had to come up with um, sleeping shelters or sleeping solutions and then build them and... Uh, have people test them during the festival. So something super practical, something out of town and just really cool experience and really cool memories from there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. One hundred percent agree. I did come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. So next to your studies and now working, have you found any any new hobbies in Estonia or some some or what do you do after work or after studying? Uh, usually, I, I like to go to jail. I can't say one of my hobbies is to go to jail. Mm -hmm. But I, in Estonia, I found one hobby that I didn't know about myself, which is dancing. Dancing? Like, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's cool. <laughs> I, even yeah, last year, I went to a few classes, like, what really nice, interesting. 
but I'm still practicing from time to another. Okay, not like uh, Estonian dance for sure. <laughs> what kind of dancing, dancing do you I do? I play some bachata, some oh. like that. Yeah, so I just found that I liked it. And <laughs> I practicing sometimes. I uh, still like, uh, I tried a few times uh, playing basketball because I used to play basketball back in my country for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, as professional, like in the league. And uh, yeah, uh, sometimes I play football. I like sports in general. So, but mostly after my work, I go to gym and uh, yeah, I do my workout mostly every day. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good dedication. Yeah. So about the basketball, you said you were a professional basketball. You were a professional back in Jordan. Is it um, hard to become a professional in a country where there are so many people? Or is it simpler because they have more teams? Uh, or it's harder because the competition is a lot tighter than here, for example? Mm, okay. Uh, I used <laughs> to be a basketball player. Uh, you said professional. Don't ask me now to go to play basketball. I'm not going to be good. Not gonna okay, be good. okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, actually, I, I played even when I was young, let's say from 13 till 23. Mm-hmm. But after that, I quit because I had some injuries in my back, so I couldn't continue. But uh, you say, you asked about the, um, how easy. I think it's easy because in Jordan and most of these uh, countries that are in around with Mediterranean, uh, people are more into football. So no much basketball. Mm-hmm. And there was no much courts around to, to play basketball. So um, even though actually the weather was nice, always mostly, but uh, yeah, there was no much places to play basketball. So yeah, it was, I think, not that hard to get into the, like the sport and play if you especially start from the beginning. Even I, I used to be a basketball referee for one or two <laughs> years, like I worked, I took some courses and I used to be like a recreate, uh, young le- uh, league, like 14, 13 years old team. Mm-hmm. No, well, that's cool. Yeah. But, um, for example, in the case of basketball, those rules are really international, right? Or is there something different? Like when you come to Estonia, can you be a refugee see, here as well? Or you need to learn uh, like, uh, other uh, okay. rules? <laughs> no, no, no. Basketball is worldwide. It's like yeah. the rules. Everywhere, I can't be free everywhere, but mm-hmm. yeah, actually when I came to Estonia, maybe another first year after I came back from Spain, I bound the team through some Estonian friends and they asked me to join. I was a bit happy, like, yeah, let's go. And the first training, I got injured. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. <I was> like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> but I said, okay, it's a sign of life. <laughs> uh, bad luck. <laughs> Sign for what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, you have lived in Estonia for four years already, or more than four years. So, what would be your three words uh, describing your experience living here? Wow. Three words. <laughs> yeah. Three words. Three letters. <laughs> three words. Or they can be like... Um, expressions or like some multi-word things <laughs> okay uh i can't say just like uh from my 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 perspective where from my experience and for me it's still living in estonia while the uh, uh, like i discovered myself really like for the first time, I think, in my life, I discovered myself in all aspects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was really, like, this is like, yeah, the three words, like, I'm discovering myself. Okay. Really, internally. In, like, in many aspects, because, you know, when you are, uh, you come to, not like, just to study, go back. I think, after a few, a few like, after a time, I just realized, no, I want to live here. And then you realize that you have to adapt and, uh, Adapting with a different culture is not something easy, but it's not something hard. You just, you open your heart and you open yourself to adapt, kind of. But then you sometimes you you you, you crash with self facts, which is related to values, to related to 
you know, morality and some stuff. We are as a different cultures. We have totally different values. And mm-hmm. that's really interesting when you, when you crack with this uh, fact. But in general, uh, it was really uh, joy, fun, but also so much hard work to, to adapt and to, to be like part of the community same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. in that terminal level, like in that self-development. Uh, and I knew a lot of new things that I never heard before. Even can I, 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 I'm just saying, okay, I'm not sticking with showing it, but uh, in the self-development level, mm-hmm. I, start, I started to know this uh, terms in English because I started to read it in Estonia. And sometimes, you know, I say, okay, my, my, my native language is Arabic. I know Arabic as a native, but I know myself in English because <laughs> I have learned to know myself in English. Even wow. now when I uh, like explain things like, uh, you know, of myself, uh, about like the, my development, about uh, how I feel, I feel I can't speak it. I can't say it even in Arabic sometimes. I feel like uh, I have to say it in English or I don't know. <laughs> uh-huh. So uh, it was really interesting to, to, to be, to be a really historic because uh, also there is a lot of space in Estonia for yourself. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I can't socialize. There is a lot of socializing around, but in the same time. Nice, one of the nice things in Estonia that you can't have your own space whenever you want. Mm-hmm. I before Jordan in Spain, there was no opportunity. We're always surrounded by family or by people. It's not like that easy. Mm-hmm. In Estonia, you can even if you want to have a walk in a street that no one is around you, you can't do it sometimes. <laughs> That's really nice. But didn't you say that there are a lot of deserts in Jordan? So can't you just go there <laughs> and stay alone? <laughs> no, thank no. you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, it seems that, like no yeah. space over there. <laughs> uh, there's a people uh, like people who sometimes think that yeah, you came from the desert. How was it? Like mm-hmm. yeah, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um. And you mentioned that you discovered yourself here uh, a lot, like internally as well. What helped you to discover? Did you did some techniques or did you took some courses or it just came naturally? I, I did some techniques after I, I felt I want to discover myself. But uh, one of the aspects that people, like when you interact with many people from many different countries, you feel that you have to learn more. Uh-huh. I, you can, you can uh, like. You can't just close your eyes and they buzz you up, but I mean, this, there is no point. But uh, when you walk to another country, especially like Estonia, and you want to know everything, you want to know how people think and how everything is going, you will, you will find that, yeah, you, will, you have to, to learn. Then I started to learn to techniques, to, to learn things. And uh, I say again, like, sociality in Estonia is not that as other countries, so there is not so much space for yourself to, to discover yourself. A lot of times you will be alone. A lot of times uh, you gonna have time to think, to think about yourself. But when you are like with family, especially like my family, you're like it's so big, you have to do it. to think. That's true. It seems like, uh, yeah, I thought my family is big, but yours is like four times bigger, five times bigger. Five times. Oh, wow. Okay. I think my family is the biggest now. I never feel any family bigger than mine. So. <laughs> oh, I know an Estonian guy who has 11 siblings. So uh, that's, uh, that's pretty really close as well. <laughs> yeah, similar. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, like, uh, that's, that's why I'm telling you, like, uh, a lot of space in Estonia to, to feed yourself. And that's really nice. And also, it's really nice in Estonia, how is the... Uh, they have two things that you have here. Two things are so opposite. You are so developed in technology, mm-hmm. and the in IT, and there's everything like that, like now, like controlled by technology. But in the same time, you have a lot of nature, a lot of forests, and you can make, you can experience the both in the same time. Like you can run from here to there easily, mm-hmm. and that's an, uh, that's a, a plus, really a plus, I believe. Yeah, that's a good, uh, nice thing that you brought out that we have a lot of um, IT solutions and you can use them while you're in nature as well or in your <laughs> yeah, summer house. Yeah, 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 that's right. That's right. Yeah. And if, um, let's say you have to live in 
in a month for some reason. What would be some of the things that you would definitely take with you from Estonia? Either mental things or physical things or souvenirs. What would be your th- um, things that you definitely take from Estonia? If I have one month to live, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, not something physical, but I will go to the forest and spend the last month in the forest. Really. Yeah. Because this is the only thing I really want to steer always. And I will take this one with it. No, that's a nice answer, but are you, um, is it something that you, it's nice to have or you actually want to, want to do it? I have been in the first three times, I did like with friends, but they always have the dream to live, like to live, live, not one day, two days, three days, or mm-hmm. I just wanted to feel it, like to feel it, how, how can I like really stay there and, uh, we are really disconnected from technology, from everything. Uh-huh. I think it's uh, going to be so difficult because it's kind of also meditation. Like it's, uh, it needs a lot of, uh, strength inside to be, uh, disconnected, but I think it's necessary, like to, to experience that especially that I'm in Estonia and I've been four years in Estonia, but I haven't done that. I didn't have a chance to do that. Uh, like also skiing, for example, I haven't done it till now. No. I'm mean, <laughs> Oh. But last Every year, year like, yeah, this year I will do that. Yeah, this year I will never happen. You should just book it. You should have some accountability friend or somebody and just say like, okay, this date, let's book it. Let's do it. And then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're right. I, I have this year. This year is the year. <laughs> I, re- I can remind it to you. Like, or I can invite <laughs> you to come skiing yes. with me. <laughs> yes, please, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like one of like the things like, why am I doing doing it mm-hmm. is there anything else you would love to do in estonia estonia i like to mm-hmm. um i think there's a lot of things i would love to do in Estonia for sure mm-hmm. like like something as things like in nature i would like like still to to experience this thing like to go to sauna and uh, be in the ice hole in sauna and then in the winter but i haven't done it like this extreme Oh. I need like to the summer and then outside minus 10 or minus 20, but uh-huh. I have a bit like, you know, oh, jump it, I think that's easy to do, especially the season <laughs> is coming up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's easy to do. Actually, yeah, you're right. But, uh, about this story, you know, I love Vilendi a lot. I didn't like Vilendi. Vi- <laughs> Yeah, and uh, one of the things I would love, like I've been always going there in in summer, so now I would like to go in winter. It's one one of my favorite actually places in Estonia. No, I like yeah. really as well. Yeah, I see that so so bad, so close. So mm-hmm. it has some like this game actually. It sounds like for me, so nice for me. <laughs> what do you like especially about it? Well, this like a little landscape, there's like, uh, uh, not a mountain, but mm-hmm. it's something like at least like, uh, front of the lake, the um... house and the, how calm is it? Even I always say like, yeah, I, uh, I have to live with another city in Estonia. I will just share. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'd like this. Yeah. Good vibes for me. I, I love it. And, uh, for me, it's really, so like, it always likes to be there. Yeah. Uh, and you asked me about also what things they would like to do. I would love to learn the language to be honest, but I don't know why it's not working in this moment, but, uh, I, I like Estonian, uh, how it sounds. Mm-hmm. I like to listen to Estonian music sometimes uh, because for me, I feel that Estonian language is the vocals. So it's the vocals. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, how, how, like how people say. It's really like, uh, it's like a music. I remember one of my classmates have made her pieces and then the, the, the presentation was just saying what she had done as a tool. Mm-hmm. I remember I was listening and even the head of the poetry was from England and he was, he didn't understand even, but 
He said that they in like, I enjoyed so much the way that you say it. And I was there sitting there. I was like, wow, that's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, it's the only language that something in the, how it sounds as a language. Uh-huh. And I never felt actually it's hard, but yeah, I told you I have more time maybe. Oh. Does your brother who lives in Finland, does he speak Finnish? Yeah, he does. Oh, he do. so he me. maybe that's motivating, like competition. Yeah, uh, he's been there for long. Actually, I have an issue with the niece in Finland, they are friends and uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I speak now every day. <laughs> more. So you could, uh, if you would learn Estonian, you would understand some expressions in Finnish as well then. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. You're right. They are so similar to each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Same language family. Yeah, that, that's true. Right. right. Mm-hmm. So you, um, one thing that you said, uh, was also that, um, you're into spirituality and alternative methods of self-development. So what are your favorite things to do or do you have any rituals or habits that you constantly do among those lines or or everyday habits yeah i can't I can say habits or not habits i don't know because i have started lately trying many things for the last maybe two years so i haven't stuck in one thing mm-hmm. but i like uh, some like i i used to do meditation mm-hmm. uh sometimes practice yoga uh Stuff. But I, I like this concept of great work, like breathing, mm-hmm. and how we can heal ourselves and develop ourselves with breathing. And uh, I, I feel it helps a lot, like even physically, it helps a lot. That sometimes I did forget how to breathe, and uh, and if we breathe in the proper way, we can heal ourselves. And uh, I think this is also a nice thing to practice Estonia because I remember once I think for Latino and uh, national, I hope that I have it pronounced right. Yeah, Lahaimu, that was good. <laughs> and uh, it was maybe November or something like that. And uh, the air was so clean, so fresh. Mm-hmm. Even like, these things, like green things are growing in the trees and the oxygen. And they start practicing breathing there. It was so, so nice. Yeah. Refreshing for my body. But I, I believe that spirituality, uh, after I came to Estonia, I know that Estonians, uh, as a culture, they are not religious, but they are into some uh, natural uh, habits. And, mm-hmm. uh, that's what a lot of Estonians are spiritual. And then when I started, uh, for, like, for the last two years, I started really uh, looking into what is spirituality. Because I grew up as a Muslim, mm-hmm. and I've been practicing praying and everything. But lately I started to see, like, to look, okay, how, what is Buddhism? What is even people who are really nature? And they found out it's all the same, all the same. Exactly. There is no difference in whatever you call it, uh-huh. like Christian, Muslim, Buddhist, Buddhist, and that even people who are agnostic, they're like into nature. It's all the same. It's always to disconnect from the environment and to repeat things, whatever is breathing, it's like, uh, some movements and or some mantra, uh, mantras, like the things that you have to say mm-hmm. in kind of rhythm to re-regulate your body or to reorganize your body and to make yourself like gay and balanced. Mm-hmm. And this is like what makes me even again to start thinking about the religion that I have the practice all my life in a different way. Like it's, it's actually wow, that's like real nice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And how we are as a humanity in different cultures, from China to United States, we have developed many different religions, many different methods, even in spirituality and in like meditation. And but it's all in the end for the same reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why I, I believe that all these alternative methods, it's all uh, right and it's all necessary for the mental growth and for the physical health as well. I, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, I agree totally. It's a bit like all of those religions are also like um similar to different languages that people have in different cultures. It's just a way to express things that you're thinking or connect with others. And then religion is also just different religions or just different ways to connect with yourself or to help you to put things into perspective. 
Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, and I remember I've been watching something about mantra and how, you know, in Buddhism, there's some like sound they make or some things they have to say. And even in African, some African comics and cultures, they do like some like sounds they make by their mouths, like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, they say things. And then the, the, the guy who was presenting this like uh, concept, and he was even religious, all the same, Christianity, Judaism, uh, what Islam, like they have one what what we say, it's also connected to the, those kind of uh, repetitive, uh, mm-hmm. like movements or silence. And that's really interesting. Really, and that way, maybe lately, there are a lot of studies shows that, yeah, like, uh, uh, humanity or through the history, they always find ways to develop themselves, re- or guide themselves, whatever, by nature, by relative, by whatever they can find. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you said that you practice breeding, for example, so how do you do this? Do you have a special uh, method that you follow, or do you t- t- go to, like, a breeding uh, lessons within a group or you do it one-on-one with a person or you just do some smaller uh, practices? Actually, I never did it like with uh, with a person, but uh, while you ask, next week I have the first, uh, I have booked the first session like with, uh, yeah, actually with the actual class. Uh-huh. Oh, cool. like, uh, for breathing, uh-huh. where uh, it's going to be online because the teacher from the United States. But uh-huh. Uh, in general, uh, we are fortunate in this time to have YouTube and Google. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can find a lot, a lot in YouTube, a lot like of guidance. You can have even certain methods of reading. Mm-hmm. There is like, I don't know, there is many hundreds. I don't know, but I know some like there is uh, like, for example, well the breathing technique, this guidance from Netherlands. Mm-hmm. There is the... Uh, uh, there is many like techniques in breathing. Some of them are for relaxing. Some of them are for uh, sleeping. Some mm-hmm. of them are for like you know thinking to be like. But there is uh, many techniques, and anyone can just reach these techniques through YouTube or through just and they can find it and they can like follow and mm-hmm. uh, they everyone can feel the difference. I believe. Uh, I, I have I have tried it myself and. Uh, those times where I have been pain sometimes somewhere in my body, or I, I thought better after that. Even last night I was doing it and I fall asleep a few times. And I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> then it's really good actually for people who cannot sleep as well. For uh-huh. example, practice with just like some guy on YouTube and then they can sleep. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's actually something that I'm also super um, interested and curious about. Like I've been uh, testing out different ways of breeding and uh, attending either like classes of mm-hmm. i don't know 10 people who do like uh, uh for example as you mentioned wim hof was one technique that we did like had five rounds of deep breathing mm-hmm. and then holding your breath and then in the end like after doing it for five times in a row you just feel this floating feeling and flying um, feeling which is so powerful and that you can just get high on your own air <laughs> and release yeah. tensions in your body so i think it's so powerful and I've also uh, uh, take uh, done like one-on-one breathing with like tension relief, and I totally yeah. recommend it. So it's so the feeling afterwards is so powerful. So really. So you did well one, uh, with the Estonian teacher or like in Estonia? Yeah, with, with an Estonian teacher uh, in Estonia. I can recommend you her if you yes, want. Please, <laughs> yes, yes, please. Uh, yeah, that would be yeah. right. Her yeah, technique. I'm these days for something like that. Also. Oh, she does this really interesting combined technique that in the beginning we will talk like half an hour, 40 minutes about like what is going on in my life. And then you feel like this uh, tension coming up or like because we inten- the aim is to bring out those uh, areas or topics that bring tension to your body. And then when you feel tension in your body then we go and I will lie down and then we do like one hour or more like deep deep breathing or intensive breathing to get this tension out of your body so afterwards yes. like, okay yes. I got those I got like new insights for the topics going on in my life I got those yeah. tensions out and it's just such a nice feeling <laughs> yeah 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 I have seen some some stuff like that and even the you can go into even uh, like a situation that you can notice in your hands. Mm-hmm. Even you can go like, do like really like, 
intense, like uh, laughing, for example, crying. Mm-hmm. It's really helping to release all the tension. But yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, then, mm-hmm. yeah, be the teacher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can. Oh, so cool. So, um, um, if anyone else is thinking about moving to Estonia, what would be your tips for or advice to for them? I'm always recommending people to move to Estonia. My friends, my friend, my brother, I think, is trying to move. Yeah. I mean, everyone is like smart and want to to have opportunity. I think Estonia is full of like opportunities for for work. Uh, but my always thing that to to encourage people to 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 move to Estonia, I'd say always that the quality of life is good. It's high. Mm-hmm. I say about quality of life. Some people they tell me, oh, okay, weather. But weather, okay, okay. I believe in that, that weather is not that nice for many people. Some people, they don't like cold weather. But weather is one aspect of quality of life. It's not everything. Mm-hmm. For example, you can find like a really nice weather in the south, but there is like really, for example, bad transportation. There is, for example, uh, there. there is, the, for example, uh, no freedom, no, you know, like many, many of things. So, if I want to talk about Estonia in many aspects, except weather, mm-hmm. it's really like their cleanliness is high, the transportation is good, uh, the width, the air is so sweet, the level of freedom in Estonia is really good, no corruption in some, in, in, to, to a high level, let's say, even if, I don't know, like I'm not like into that, but I, I don't know, but I, I think there's no corruption and uh, uh, even politics in Estonia compared to, to no, oh my God, it's so peaceful. there is nothing like happening and uh, for children for example the the educational I always like even to my Sonian friends like you are fortunate to live in this kind of country because I know what it means to live in different places I I exactly know that I mean uh, Estonia is a good place to live especially if uh, anyone doesn't uh, care about it like me I don't (laughs) care about it but mm-hmm. I also love Estonia with it. Mm-hmm. And you asked me in the beginning why, maybe, or I don't know if you asked me about that. I, I don't know if I have an answer. The weather? Or... Yeah, why well, I like the Estonia with it. Uh, no, you can tell it. <laughs> I always say that, uh, okay, if you have, for example, uh, if you if you like a food, a one meal, really mm-hmm. like it so much, and this meal, for example, is so expensive, but you have the chance to eat this meal every day. So it's going to be like boring after a while. Yeah. So based on that, I'm always saying, okay, there are some people live in a really nice place and the weather is on me, but all the year is the weather is on me, like the same. So there is no change at all. And this is, for me, it's boring. Mm-hmm. I like it for you that in summer, there's three miles, are really nice. You can go to the forest. The sun is there all the day, like, and you can just enjoy the summer. Like the sun just uh, goes down like at 11 or at 10, I don't know. And it's it's really different. Then there you have it's three months in winter, which is full of snow, and it's it's really nice. I mean, snow is something so beautiful for everyone. <laughs> then you have okay, uh, the the two seasons that are a bit maybe tiring is the spring and the autumn. But the autumn also have something nice, like the colors that you have here in, in autumn is nothing somewhere else because there is a lot of trees and there's the sky is always changing and there is something nice. And okay, spring is a bit hard, but it's uh, hope for like a new a new time. <laughs> so why not why not to have really different uh, weather? Why like uh, maybe if I live in the Caribbean, okay, the weather is nice, but okay, after that, it's gonna be so boring, right? But it's like exactly what they say: eating the same meal every day, like the best meal that you like every day. Mm-hmm. So no, I just want to to wait the snow, then I want to wait the summer, and that's so cool. I like it. In my opinion, I don't know. Uh, I know what you will think, but in my opinion, I like this very well. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love how much, uh, how optimistic you are and found so many positive things about each uh, season of the uh, year. <laughs> yeah, uh, we have a say, I think, in Arabic. I don't remember it. But one guy, he said, like, what can anything do for me that I have my heaven inside? So mm. wherever I go, my heaven is inside. So if you hold your heaven inside you, no one can even ever like interrupt you a bit. 
So yeah, it's the our heaven. If we hold it inside ourselves, we're gonna be happy, whatever. No, I like this expression. Have your own heaven inside of you. That's so sweet, and that so applies to like every uh, area of of our lives. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Such a nice um, thing. Uh, so, um, hmm, I am thinking where to head with this. Uh, s- <laughs> such nice line. <laughs> Is there, anything, uh, is there anything else you would love to uh, talk about or mention? Uh, well, for sure, there is a lot, but I, <laughs> I do not if you like to, uh, to choose a topic and uh, we can talk. <laughs> uh, no. No, okay. No, that's no fine. I said I don't know. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, um, it's been really nice talking with you. I think the um, heaven should be inside of me is such a nice thing to end with as well. Um, to... Yeah, uh, yeah, that, uh, but I, I, yeah, I hope everyone gonna hold the uh, keep his or her heaven inside them because this is the only thing that uh, stays the end. No money, nothing really. Like whatever you have inside you, it's the uh, the thing they gotta stay always. Mm-hmm. Everything else is just crap. I really believe that. Really, like. Mm-hmm. And really, was a pleasure talking to you. I was so happy. Like this conversation is uh, really interesting. And maybe I haven't had a chance to to actually like uh, explain, like express myself what how I did in Estonia. First time, I always like you know do it in really small talks here and there with people when they ask me, oh, when you are here we did, but never had it this intense. It was really nice, and now I'm happy that I, I, I you know, I am in a good mood. That, yeah, I, I found like a lot of good things inside my, my mind about Estonia. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you live in a abroad, you have to keep yourself really up, like, and you know, take always and happy. And uh, yeah, that's cool. That's what you make me feel now. So yeah, uh, <laughs> that's so nice to hear. I'm so happy that it gave you a chance to analyze or uh, go over all the all of your thoughts as well and and um yeah analyze and and share it with others and with me it was really interesting to hear your you comparing yeah. jordan and estonia so, yeah 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 that's uh, that's so nice and yeah i just now remember a lot of lots of times in estonia like from these four years and uh, i feel really nostalgic about some stuff so yeah cool <laughs> and luckily you don't have one month here you have more so you can <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I was afraid i was what <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i was just taken from there <laughs> you have time to go skiing to go uh, uh winter swimming and do all the things yeah and to go to the forest for a month. So. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for chatting with me and sharing your um, uh, thoughts. And for all the listeners, uh, go find Found in Estonia podcast in Facebook, in Instagram, and also on our website on foundinestonia.ee. Join our email newsletter. So whenever uh, Instagram or Facebook uh, decides to take a break or something, then you can still uh, see what is this podcast up to and um, I will usually send uh, an update once a month about the latest episode and whether there are some events coming out or what is going on so join us and see you next time bye